Today is Tuesday. It's the 22nd of January, 2019. <laughs> will mention some points which are important for the metta meditation practice giving this talk to the international yogis who have come here. For meditators who want to cultivate metta in order to attain the jhanas, there are four kinds of persons who should not be the object of one's metta practice in the beginning. Who are these persons? Uh, first of all, one should not choose a person one's ha one hates. Then number two is a person one likes very much or one, uh, a person who one loves very dearly. The third kind of person is a person we neither like nor dislike, a so-called neutral person. And the, num the fourth kind of person is a person we call an enemy. So in regard to the first kind of person, a person one hates, one should not take this kind of person as the object of one's metta meditation at the very beginning of one's practice because all that would arise would be dosa, all forms of hatred, aversion or ill will. So we should, or we can reflect on this point, reflecting that at the outset of one's metta practice, the metta is not very strong, and so if we choose 
a person we hate, then it will not be, um, or metta is not likely to arise, but uh, it's more likely that dosa, anger, aversion, hatred will arise. This is why at the outset of the metta practice we should not take a person we hate as the object. However, later on, when the metta has become strong, then uh, we can, then it is possible to cultivate metta towards a person we hate. And then in regard to the second kind of person, a person we love very dearly, a person we like very much, we should not choose such kind of person at the outset of our metta practice. One should not choose such a very close or a person, a person we like very much at the outset of our metta practice because at the beginning of our practice the metta is not yet uh, strong. And so if this person we like very much um, is not feeling well or if there is something there is some difficulty this person has to go through, then instead of metta, it is more likely that worry, sorrow or uh, lamentation may arise. Sayadaw will give an example from a retreat he uh, led in Australia. At that retreat, Sayadaw gave the instruction to cultivate metta for uh, a very dear person. And so one yogi then chose her or his mother as the object. So that um, meditator's mother was not well, she was sick, and so the meditator trying to cultivate metta for the mother, he, um, he could not 
uh, cultivate metta, but instead uh, he had he was worrying and he was feeling sad, even to the point uh, when he or she uh, started to cry. Sayadaw has had many other meditators who experienced the same thing. So, when meditators try to cultivate metta for a dear person, but when the metta is not yet strong, strong enough, then especially when that person, that dear person is sick or is going through other difficulties in their life, then the meditators are not able to develop metta towards the dear person, but instead uh, they worry about the person, they uh, feel sad. That's why at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not cultivate metta for a very dear person. Only later on, when the metta has become strong, is one able to cultivate metta. And then in regard to the third kind of person, which is a person one neither loves nor hates, or a neutral person. So one should not cultivate metta towards such a person at the outset of one's practice. Such a neutral person is usually a person one does not feel close to, one has not much connection to this person, and so that makes it uh, difficult to develop the metta for that person. And then in regard to the fourth kind of person, the enemy, so at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not develop metta towards an enemy. If one takes an enemy as the object of one's metta practice at the very beginning of one's practice, then because that enemy has caused uh, some suffering for oneself, physical, mental suffering, 
And so on account of that suffering one has experienced through that enemy, one, uh, one is overcome with uh, negative thoughts, one is overcome with dosa, all sorts of um, thoughts of anger, aversion, ill will, and so on. So, at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not uh, cultivate metta towards a person one hates. Likewise, at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not cultivate metta for a very dear person. And likewise, at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not cultivate metta for a neutral person, a person one neither likes nor dislikes. And lastly, at the outset of one's metta practice, one should not cultivate metta for an enemy. So then, when can we cultivate metta for uh, such kind of persons? When one's metta has become strong, when it has become powerful, at that time we can choose any of these four kinds of persons and we will be able to cultivate metta for them. Another point to be careful for those meditators who want to cultivate metta in order to attain the jhanas, this is that one should not choose a person of the opposite sex. So this refers to um, choosing a specific person and also it's just at the outset of one's practice. So this means um, a woman should not take a man as the object of one's metta practice at the outset and the man should not take a woman as the object of one's metta practice at the outset of one's practice. If one takes a person of the opposite sex at the outset of one's metta practice, then instead of metta, of loving kindness, 
there will arise thoughts of lust or wanting attachment. In regard to this point, there is an illustration, there is an example in the Visuddhi Maka. In Sri Lanka, at one time, there was the son of a minister who practiced metta. So one day, um, he asked a monk who passed in front of his house on his arms round. So he asked this monk, um, how can I practice metta? And so this monk told that son of the minister that he should uh, choose a dear person uh, as the object for his metta practice. So then the son of the minister, he reflected on uh, the dearest person in his life and the dearest person for him was his wife. So then in the evening he started to practice metta and he cultivated metta for his wife. Practicing metta, may my wife be well, happy and peaceful. May my wife be well, happy and peaceful. May my wife be well, happy and peaceful. That day, it was an Uposata day, and the son of the minister, he kept the Uposata precept, and this is why he and his wife, they stayed in separate rooms, or they slept, they were going to sleep in separate rooms. As he was cultivating metta for his wife by reciting, May my wife be well, happy and peaceful. May my wife be well, 
happy and peaceful. Although he recited these phrases, but uh, metta did not arise, but instead uh, lust was arising in his mind. So as his uh, lust was getting stronger and stronger, he finally got up, left his room, and knocked on the door of the room of his wife. Um, knocking on the door of his wife with his hand, the wife didn't open the door. He didn't know if his wife was already asleep or not. In any way, uh, he then banged his head on the door. So this is why at the outset of one's meta practice one should not specific one should not uh, cultivate meta uh, for the opposite sex as specific meta because instead of metta usually there arises lust. Chanmye Sayado or Sayado Ujjanaka, he has said that when one's metta has become strong and powerful, at that time it is possible to cultivate metta and to arouse the feeling of metta for a person of the opposite sex. And also Sayadaw has had the experience that once the metta had become strong and powerful at that time, cultivating metta for a person of the opposite sex, it was possible to arouse the quality of metta and at that time no uh, lust was arising. So the meaning is that 
when it says or when it is said one should not cultivate metta for a person of the opposite sex. Um, this means at the beginning uh, one should not do it, but once once metta has become strong and powerful, at that time it is possible to do so. No. And another point uh, to remember is there is uh, a kind of person for whom one should absolutely not uh, cultivate metaphor or one should not choose as the object of one's meta practice. And what kind of person is this? It's a person who has died. So in regard to this point, Sayadaw will also um, give an example. At one time uh, in Sri Lanka, there was a monk who cultivated or practiced metta. And this monk uh, practiced metta uh, in order to attain the jhana, the absorptions. So first of all, he cultivated metta for himself. And then, as a second step, cultivating metta for a benefactor, a person he respected, he chose his preceptor, the monk who had ordained him. So, having chosen his preceptor as the object for his metta practice, he cultivated metta for him. May my preceptor be well, happy, and peaceful. May my preceptor be well, happy, and peaceful. Practicing in this way, uh, he did not uh, gain any concentration. So, because of that, then he went to an elder monk who lived nearby. So, approaching this elder monk, he addressed him as Sayado and asked him, Sayadaw, I am practicing metta meditation, um, but I do not gain any concentration. And so then the monk asked, well, for whom are you cultivating metta? Who is your object of metta? Yeah. 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 
And the monk said, I am cultivating metta for my preceptor. So the Sayadol gave him uh, the advice, um, Bhante, please inquire about your preceptor. So then the monk made inquiries in regard to his preceptor and he found out that his preceptor had died. So then he went back to the Sayadaw and told him, Sayadaw, my preceptor has died. So then the Sayadaw said, because you have chosen a person who has died as the object of your metta practice, this is why you cannot develop any concentration. This, this is why when one practices metta in order to attain the jhanas, one should never choose a person who has died because it is not possible to develop one's concentration or because concentration will not arise. So, regarding this point, we must understand that um, one should not cultivate metta for the person who has died, but this person, after uh, having died, is reborn somewhere as some being, and so cultivating metta for that being, one can do that. So, for example, that preceptor, after having died, may have been reborn as a deva, the deva realm, or as a human being, or as an animal. And so, then it is possible one can cultivate metta for that person or being. So, like 
for which kind of for which person for which kind of person uh, should we cultivate meta? What are the kinds of person we should develop meta for? So first of all, uh, cultivating meta for ourselves. Then the second category are persons we respect, admire, or a person we call benefactor. Then the third category are persons we love or we uh, feel very close to, persons who are dear to us. Then number four, the fourth category, are persons we neither love nor hate, neutral persons. The fifth category are persons we dislike, we hate. And then the sixth category is all living beings. So this is the sequence for our meta practice. So persons who engage in the practice of meta meditation, practicing uh, in this sequence, one should also reflect on the benefits of metta and one should also reflect on the shortcomings or faults of dosa, all forms of aversion, ill will, hatred. So reflecting on the benefits of metta, when one engages in the metta practice, one is able to fall asleep happily. If one falls asleep with dosa, anger, aversion, then uh, one might not feel um, asleep or one cannot sleep well. And if the dosa, anger, ill will is very strong, then uh, one is not able to sleep at all. So, if dosa arises, so then one thinks about the cause of that aversion or that ill will, and uh, think having these negative thoughts, 
they might uh, they will even get stronger those eyes getting stronger and one might toss around in one's bed not being able uh, to sleep at all However, if one cultivates metta just before uh, falling asleep, then one will fall asleep easily and one will sleep well. And um, he was cultivating metta in the lunch break, falling asleep, and he slept so well that at 1.30 Unyana had to go and call him. <laughs> Another benefit is that when one uh, falls asleep with metta, then one will have good dreams. When one falls asleep with dosa, anger, aversion, ill will, then one will, one's dreams um, will be nightmares, one will have frightening dreams. So then in these uh, frightening dreams, one might be chased by wild animals, such as wild animals or tigers, and so on, and one is very frightened. So, falling asleep with dosa, this may lead to nightmares and bad dreams, uh, meaning that these persons uh, have not cultivated metta before sleeping. Then another benefit is um, a person who engages in the practice of metta, then that person wakes up happily and has a clear mind and feels refreshed. A person who falls asleep with dosa, 
then that person um, wakes up and does not feel fresh, the, the face is not serene and the mind is not clear. <coughs> Another benefit is, um, let's call him or her, a meta person will be loved by anyone who sees this meta person or who meets this meta person. On the other side, um, persons who have a lot of dosa, then other persons who see or hear such a dosa person, they are afraid, they are frightened. <coughs> Another benefit is a meta person is not only loved and liked by human beings, but also by devas, celestial beings. Um, dosa persons, persons with a lot of dosa, they are not loved by devas, they are not um, protected by the devas. So, metta persons or virtuous persons, they are protected by the devas. The devas protect them from dangers, uh, problems, and they um, create conditions for these persons to feel happy. And on the other, on the other hand, uh, for persons with a lot of dosa, the devas, they even create uh, difficult uh, situations or they create dangers for these dosa persons. Another benefit is that metta persons, they are free from dangers and obstacles. Those are persons, however, they are not free uh, from dangers and they have many enemies. And they have many persons who hate them. Another benefit is the, the heart and the mind of a meta person 
is clear, it is serene, it is peaceful. The heart and the mind of a dosa person is not clear, it is soiled or dirty, it's always full of suffering. Another benefit is that a metta person, a person who lives with metta, cultivates metta, such a person is able to quickly um, develop concentration. On the other hand, persons with a lot of dosa, for them, uh, or they are not able to develop uh, concentration. Another benefit is that metta persons at the time of their death they can pass away peacefully. On the other hand, persons with a lot of dosa at the time of death, they feel frightened, they may scream and shout and have a difficult death. So one can understand that a person who manifests a lot of dosa, uh, abuses others using harsh language and uh, harming or hurting others, one can understand that such kind of a person is not endowed with metta. And another benefit is that a metta person after death will be reborn either as a deva in the deva realm or the brahma realm. So what kind of metta person will be reborn in the deva realm and what kind of metta person will be reborn in the brahma realm? A metta person who passes away while being in a jhana, such a person then is reborn in the brahma realm.
And then uh, a, per, a meta person who has not attained the jhana, or a meta person who has attained the jhana but then has risen from that jhana and dies at that time, these kinds of persons then will be reborn in the deva realm. And persons, metta persons, they have long life and have good health. Persons with a lot of dosa, they, their life is short and their health is not good. So, for example, um, heart diseases or having high blood pressure, usually pe people with a lot of dosa are more prone to get these diseases. So, people with a lot of dosa and suffering from a heart disease or high blood pressure, then on account of these uh, diseases and their dosa, they can even die. Um, metta persons, those who reach the metta jhanas, they're, uh, they have a nice, beautiful physical appearance. Persons with a lot of dosa, um, their physical appearance is ugly. So, uh, metta people or people uh, attaining the metta jhanas, they are successful in their business. People with a lot of dosa, they are not succe successful in their business or their business um, might fail. In our Sayadaw has read something in regard to people who have a lot of dosa. So in this article it was about the faults of dosa. So, 
So it was about a man in Burma whose business was not going well, whose business failed, and so uh, he had difficulties to get enough food, to have a place uh, to stay, um, to dress himself properly. So this man then uh, decided that he wanted go that he wanted to go to Malaysia to work there, and so with this he sold everything he had, and he even borrowed some money, and so he tried uh, to go to Malaysia. So then he applied at a company and the application was successful for working in Malaysia and he also got a visa. Then he also got an, an airplane ticket. And so on the day he wanted to go to Malaysia, he hired a car to go to the airport. And on a rather narrow street, there was a tri show. The taxi driver um, used the horn, but the driver from the tri show did not react. Then the taxi driver used the horn a second time, but still the tri-show driver did not uh, move to the side. And because it was already close to the time for the plane to take off, and because the tri-show driver did not make, uh, did not give way, did not make room on the street, so uh, the man got angry. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so then the man wants to go to Malaysia, so he got angry and he also kind of shouted to the trishaw driver to uh, to go to the side of the street. So then the man even <coughs> told the trishaw tri driver that uh, his plane would soon take off and that he please go to the side. But still, the trishaw driver did not move to the side. Um, so the man wanting to go to Malaysia, then he hit the trishaw driver. And so the trishaw driver defended himself, and so the two men uh, fighted with each other, um, hurting each other so that blood was running down. And at that time, the police uh, arrived or just passed by, and so then they arrested both men. So these men who wanted to go to Malaysia because of his strong dosa, he did not make it to Malaysia, but he made it into the prison. So because of his strong dosa, he landed in the prison, he did not uh, go to, he could not go to Malaysia, and he also, or his wife, his uh, children also left him. So that's why one uh, should refrain from or one should prevent thoughts of dosa to arise, realizing how much, uh, how dangerous these dosa thoughts are, um, what the big danger they are, and so instead of allowing thoughts of dosa to arise, one should try to cultivate the thoughts of metta, of loving-kindness. Mm -hmm. 
So first of all, one should try not to let thoughts of dosa to arise. But then, if they still do arise, one should realize how dangerous these dosa thoughts are. One should see the faults of these kind of thoughts. And with that, one should abandon them with metta by cultivating loving-kindness instead. So may all of you, by realizing and understanding the faults and shortcomings and dangers of dosa, and by cultivating metta, which is uh, beneficial and wholesome and noble, may all of you be able to cultivate or to attain the metta jhanas and become virtuous per- persons. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.